0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Crypto Commission podcast. We appreciate you spending a part of your day with us. Today's guest is Peter McCormick, aka What Bitcoin Did. You can find Peter on all social media platforms at What Bitcoin Did. Go ahead and give him a follow if you don't already. Peter is an awesome dude, stand up guy. It was great getting to talk with him. And we feel privileged to have him on as our inaugural guest. We get into a lot of different topics, namely uh, where Peter sees the market headed over the next day, decade, his experiences as a trader, and just overall market sentiment. And we really enjoy the conversation. So guys, if you too like the conversation, we'd appreciate if you'd get on iTunes. You can find us at the Crypto Commission Podcast. Go ahead, give us a five-star rating. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. If you're on Twitter, we'd love for you to visit at Let's Talk Coin. Uh, give us a follow, leave us your comments so we can interact with you there. That's definitely a great place for us to be able to gauge feedback and understand uh, what you guys would like to see on the show. Who, who do you hope to see as an upcoming guest? What topics would you prefer that we cover? Our goal here is to make sure that we're producing quality content that helps traders at every level. We want people to, be able to not only preserve their capital, but to grow their crypto asset portfolios over time as we all deal in this emerging market. It's exciting. It is sometimes scary. And we want to make sure that we are we are demystifying what we can and putting content out that is going to help people not only grasp what we're all doing here, but also make things fun. So guys, we hope you enjoy this podcast. And without further ado, here you go. Episode three of the Crypto Commission podcast with our special guest, Peter McCormick.
1: Welcome to the Crypto Commission podcast. Here are your hosts, Lambo, Leo, and the Bitcoin Broski.
0: Hey everyone, this is the Bitcoin Broski. Welcome to episode three of the Crypto Commission podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Lambo Leo. And today, go ahead Leo, say what's up, man. What's going on guys, excited to be here. We we have the privilege today of welcoming a very special guest, actually our uh, first honored guest to the podcast, Mr. Peter McCormick, AKA What Bitcoin Did. And uh, for those of you who don't, don't know, Peter is a, a true thought leader in the space. I know he's an inspiration to Leo and I when it comes to podcasts. He has a lot going on uh, in the crypto space and soon to be outside of the crypto space as well. Uh, and we are we feel very privileged to have him on. We know he is going to add a ton of value. So uh, welcome, Mr. Peter McCormick.
1: Hi, hi, guys. Thank you for having me. I, I feel uh, uh, very grateful for you to have me as your first guest and appreciate it. And I wish you both all the luck with your podcast. And uh, I think it's going to be very cool.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Peter. Well, uh, you know, we usually like to just kick things off. I know a lot of people will always ask, what's your what's your genesis story? How did you get started in the space? Um, but we kind of take a different twist on that. Uh, you know, obviously, we're all here. We've all, you know, taken some licks. We've all got, got some wins, had some losses. Um, but if you could look back on day one, what's the, the one major piece of advice you wish you could have received?
1: Oh, okay. It's a really good question. Um, I'll say this. Can I give two? Can I give two? And they're very yeah, different. The floor is yours. Absolutely. So there's um, there's the first piece of advice as a as a trader. And the second is like uh, probably personal conduct. <laughs> so the first is a trader. Um, like I fell into it. Very fortunate with timing. Um, you know, in hindsight, I know how lucky I was. Um, at the time I got in, it was December 16, just right before a bull run. I obviously spent a year thinking I I was a a genius and uh, some amazing trader and started sharing advice out there and having quite a strong opinion. And then the the bear market of this year has taught me that actually I'm not a great trader. Um, I was just very, very fortunate. Uh, And it's actually a very, very hard market to trade. So the first thing, um, a bit of advice I would like to have given myself is learn to trade And the most important aspect of that would have been risk management. So learn to trade and learn risk management. And if you're going to learn to trade, learn about entire market cycles, both bull and bear markets, and then becoming different about them. Just trade with momentum because essentially the bear market is the same as the bull market. The charts just turned upside down. We have momentum in a direction and it's very easy to follow that. And, benefit from that and that's something that i realized so i'm now actually going back to the to the start and learning to trade again i'm going through as many courses as i can and i would say i'm a very very amateur trader Um, but yes that's what i always should have done and the second thing is if when you fall down the crypto rabbit hole it's it's very interesting right you know Making money is, is interesting, and having the opportunity to, you know, like this meet people and talk is very interesting and write and, and contribute to the community. Uh, and I'm very aware of that, where I, my position in that is, is somebody who's still very new. And, you know, sometimes I have thoughts that probably more experienced people will correct me on. But one of the things I, I would have told myself <laughs> is to uh, argue less. I, <laughs> I think I spent way too much uh, time uh, trying to be the class hall monitor, uh, uh, getting outraged at, at things that I probably should have not given a shit about and getting into arguments. And actually, they're, they're counterproductive in the long term. And I've, I've actually tried to go and undo a few of those arguments and, and uh, offer some olive branches out because actually <laughs> it, it serves my purpose in the long term. And even, even like right now, um, I'm, I'm not sure if you've tracked this. I am. Naval, hashtag. yeah, and and it actually isn't productive for anyone. Um, it's it's really just I don't know. I just don't think it's really productive. So, and I I still get sucked in, but I I try try much harder these days to uh, cultivate friendships and positive uh, relationships than have arguments, which I did a lot uh, early on. So, two two bits of advice. I hope, I hope that's helpful. Yeah, absolutely, and you know, you touch on. I think
0: the the I am naval thing is kind of funny. Because I mean, to me, it seems mostly all in good fun. Uh, but someone apparently gets their their feelings hurt, and then it becomes a bigger deal than it needs to be. Uh, well, so I, it's, I,
1: think, I think most people think it's uh, good fun, but actually, I think it's rooted in um, a specific person's uh, agenda, who mm-hmm. a specific angle, which uh, you know, iconoclast, which um, which my favorite iconoclast. Uh, um, is Jiddu Krishnamurti and it comes from that angle but I think it's delivered in a way which is a specific agenda against Naval and yeah I'm I'm sure he has criticisms but I think everyone has criticisms in life I mean you can everyone's a scammer everyone's an idiot but actually I think I think whilst uh, Naval maybe has his critics I think he does also inspire people and he does you know he is without doubt put out things which uh, are of interest to me and i've learned from have made me step back and think you know that's that's actually really interesting and and i do think he's valued what he's done and also as a guy who's very busy i've i've wanted him on my podcast and i've approached him a few times and he is always taking the time to respond to me and give me a, a like a, a, a thought through through response and um and you know being very generous with his time in that whereas what i don't know if you've tried to reach out to people to get interviews yet it, it is a hustle uh i for every interview i've done i've probably sent five to ten requests out uh you get lots of knockbacks, and uh, and and a lot of people just plainly ignore you Um sure. i've had nothing but uh decent interactions with Naval. so if the Naval thing had just started as a joke that would be fine but i think it it isn't it is started as someone involved like, into more yeah, it's, it's, there is an agenda behind it uh, by someone. And I think it's, I think there are, there are better and probably more important battles to fight than whether Naval's tweets are fluffy or, or great. Sure. Well, and you, you mentioned reaching
0: out to people, obviously we're, we're thankful that you've made the time for us. Uh yeah. um, one of the coolest things about this space, I think is that there are, there are a lot of good people. I mean, everyone is operating in a very public forum. Um, and you can you can throw shade and be negative about a lot of different things, but by and large, I know at least for for my experience and for Leo's experience, we've it's been great. People have, have really embraced us um, as we've started this, and you know we're we're very thankful for it. We're excited to take the licks and and get the get the rejections as we go through. Um,
1: I think the pay it forward thing is really important, and absolutely, it is a very generous community. I've got to say, um, you know, not just in time. <laughs> like give people money all the time which is really very cool um but it is a it is um you know we need we, like the the podcast space i would say uh, isn't competition it's the podcast space itself is a, is a community like we're now connected and we can help each other and, and i can hopefully help your podcast and maybe you help mine and we Absolutely. Just, you know and i was helped in getting into the podcast space by uh, my friend rich Roll, who's a podcaster very successful and uh, I worked with CryptoSky early on. Um, Laura Shin, I reach out to her all the time with like uh, questions, and she always helps me. Um, Aaron Lammer, the other day, I reached out to him, and he helped me. I spoke to Status, and, and he was helping me because I'm going to be recording some remotely. Uh, there's, just, there's so many people out there, and, and, and the crypto space will spread by more knowledge and more education, and by everyone helping each other and paying it forward, we will achieve a lot more than arguing of which I am hugely guilty. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Yeah. He- healthy debate, right? Mm. Um yeah. so going back to to your trading, speculating, investing, however you may look at it, uh how has your strategy changed over time? I know you're you're into mining. Um what's what's been the the evolution of of Peter as a money maker in the crypto space?
1: Probably realizing my long-term future isn't, isn't a trader, actually. Okay. Um, as the space matures, um, we have derivatives, you know, we have futures now. We we will most likely at some point get an ETF, whether it's the August 10th approval, which could be sometime after that, or, sure. well, we you know, we've got um, algos, we've got bots, we've got Wall Street, We you know, it's going to become a very complicated trading market. And, and the majority of people lose money trading. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. You see a lot of the bots working right now. It looks like it's, it's very hard to, to make money trading. So I'm, I'm learning again and I'm going to be risking a certain part of my portfolio in seeing if I can be a trader, but I'll, I'll accept pretty quickly. If I'm not, I'm probably going to be better suited in in the content space or building things because that's what I think I'm good at. There are, people who are very good at trading. Um, but my what my experience has, has taught me and where I'm at now is that we might not get a bull market again like last year. And even if we do, I'm starting to focus more of my money into a smaller uh, pot of assets. Because one thing I've noticed also is there's so many assets to investing right now. Sure. and. um it's 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 very easy to sit and hold an asset, hoping a bull run comes and it goes to nothing. So I'm starting to look at okay, where is the real value and where where are the real projects? In the moment, there is only one true, real, valuable project, which is Bitcoin. Like to me, that's the only one that has succeeded. Well, I'd say it's it's not it's yes, it could go to zero, but it's not. It's it succeeded. Sure. It's it's volatile, but it's proven. So that is a safe investment. Ethereum. You know, it has major scaling issues. Um, it may or may not succeed. You know, they've got very, very complicated things they need to solve, which go way over my head. Um, and as you go down the list of the projects, you know, EOS has 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 a kind of come kind of a huge criticism recently. Um, <laughs> Ripple might, well, sorry, Ripple XRP might be deemed a security, looking more and more likely it will be. Um, ZRX is an interesting project because it looks like it's decentralizing exchanges, but. There's a lot of projects out there, but I'm starting to say, okay, where is the value? Where can I hold for, a, where's where's my investments? Where are they most safe? And then taking out a position I'm happy to sit with for three to six months and then see what happens. Um, I think the space is also maturing and we don't, nobody really knows what the next year or two will bring. It, you know, 90% of the projects might die yeah, all money in these projects might be totally wasted. So where is a sensible place to put money? And for me right now i'm I'm increasing my Bitcoin position quite substantially, and I expect I will probably be sixty percent Bitcoin because those bitcoins will never go down in value. but I can add to that Bitcoin pot by investing in other items. Um, but yeah, my evolution is is has gone from being an excellent trader to realizing I'm not an excellent trader to now learning to be a trader. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think we can all agree on that. I would, I would say the same thing. I started off by trading, and uh, after the bull market and the bear market, I realized I wasn't a good trader, so okay. it was time to switch gears and figure out other other ways to go about this space. So, when, when did you start trading? Um, early 2017.
1: Okay, so you hit at a, a, a nice time as well, then,
2: right? I hit at a very nice time. Yeah, definitely. I joined a group called Bitcoin Bravado. I'm not sure if you're familiar.
1: Hey, the Chicago guys.
2: Yes, sir. Yep. One of my yep one of my buddies started that up, and uh, I joined the community, and it really helped me learn a lot about things that you know I had no clue of in the space. Like most people do when you start, you don't know where to look, where to start, and uh, it's a good good stepping stone, definitely for me. So.
1: Cool.
0: Yeah. So it's uh I, I I basically bought Bitcoin at seventeen thousand dollars in December, so
1: <laughs> yeah. uh, uh,
0: somebody has to be on the other side of those trades, yeah. right? But but you uh, know it, it yeah. was a cheaper it was it was cheaper than college, um, and in the long term probably far more profitable. I still at thirty four have never used my degree, uh, so that's you know, a very you no
1: know more, that's a very interesting thing. That's a hot topic for me right now. So um, my my son's fourteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, all to they they're in school and i'm very critical of the education system at the moment so my last interview that went out yesterday was on ai right mm-hmm. yep and um ai is likely going to replace a whole waves of jobs yep. that we are still teaching people sending people to college to to learn and i understand the argument that college isn't about the degree it's about thinking and giving you the ability to change as a person et cetera. Et cetera. But I don't think the education system is now set up in a way that's preparing students for the reality of the world that they'll be educated. I mean, my daughter will, if she goes to college, she will enter the um, she'll enter the economy in, what are we talking? 13 years. So 2000, what's that, 31? Yeah, 2031, I mean, that sounds like uh, almost like the the name for a, like uh, a sci-fi movie, right? right definitely. What, yeah. You know, will that will will there be anyone driving a taxi in two thousand and thirty-one in a major city? Will there be any customer service jobs that are handled by humans? We've got no idea. The speed of change, and you've got to think, where were we thirteen years ago? You know, right? 13 years ago, gosh, how old was I? So I'm so I was twenty-six, right? I I had a very basic mobile phone. I remember it very basic mobile phone, you know, I, I you know, prob- so in 13 years, it's going to be a very different world in 25 years, very different world. So I think the education system is, isn't set up right for, for- it hasn't caught up. It hasn't
2: caught up to how quickly things have moved, you know, with the tech. So,
0: well, and here, I'm sorry, go ahead, Leo.
2: No, th- that's basically all I was going to say. It just, I mean, For me, I started a little business when I was 16. And then I go to college and I'm learning, taking these business courses. And I'm like, wait a minute, like it it just seemed a little weird and off. Just some of the things we were learning weren't very practical. Mm -hmm. And uh, just from that standpoint, it kind of turned me off and made me think, you know, a lot of the stuff you learn is person to person. You learn a lot of jobs on site, things like that. And the education system, it fails a little bit, really. Teaching kids about you know real world application, so
1: well yeah, and college is fun, but I, yeah. had a, I had a yeah. I had a okay I used to have an advertising agency at, well I'd say advertising it's digital but I had a I had a lad come to me and he was thinking of going to university to study advertising and whilst the university experience is great and it's fun and you make a lot of friends if you just objectively look at it you know fifty thousand pound of debt is what you about what you'll get in the UK and I know it's higher in the US but yeah. He'll come out with fifty thousand pound of debt and no experience, trying to compete for a job. Whereas if he goes straight into the, if he just went to work for an advertising agency at eighteen, in three years he'll have a paid career, three years experience, he'll he'll all, he'll be employable and have no debt. Right. So if you know, if you exclude you know, doctors and lawyers and certain careers where you you need a qualification, there is an awful lot of um degrees, which I think are pointless. And I think really, they're just a debt machine for creating <laughs> for for enslaving a whole new wave of people with debt, who can't afford houses, who still can't get jobs. And I just, I think it's bullshit, to be honest. I
0: mean, it creates a system of doers, not a system of thinkers, you know, yeah. my wife and I, we've got a three year old and a one year old. Wow. Uh, and what we've done is we've just we've started a fund. And when our kids turn 18, they will get the contents of that fund. They can either start a business or they can go to college, but the fund is the fund. They can pay for what they can pay for. Um, and of cool. course, we both, my wife and I are both entrepreneurs. So uh, we would like to think that just by being around us and their friends or in our friends, they'll want to start a business of their own. So we are highly incentivizing them to not go to college um, because the only thing that I learned how to do at Florida state was a 60 second keg stand. So outside <laughs> of that, I mean, life skills, eh, you know, it's a network, but, Um, aside from all that, you know, the, the space is continuously evolving and you mentioned the, you know, some of the, the back and forth on Twitter, but you know, when it comes to, to crypto Twitter, to trading assets, to just the space as a whole, what's one thing that, that just you absolutely love about it?
1: Um, do you know, probably what we're doing right now, I just love the community. It's, um, you know, it's funny, I've got my friends, I'm, I'm off to meet some friends soon and, and we're gonna go out and um, the sun's shining, it's gonna be a lovely day, but at the same time, I, like, I feel like I could travel anywhere in the world right now and just someone will be there who I can meet up with, who will, will have very similar outlook on life, very similar thoughts and I, I won't feel lost. Um, I've managed to, uh, just you know, friends or not friends whatever you call them but i've managed to get to know people all all around the world and and everyone is just kind and hospitable and it's just it's just i mean where are you guys where are you based i'm in florida you're in florida nice and i i live in michigan so right so i'm sure if i go to michigan or florida like i could call you guys up we would go out we'd have a beer we'd talk all night have some food and it'd be cool and that's, that's what's really great about this community Is like everyone is just kind of like Outside of all these little squabbles, actually, everyone is just really kind of cool, gets on and works together and is, is trying to trying to build. I don't want it to like be like, a, I don't want to say like a better world because it just sounds a bit bullshit. But it's just everyone is just so decent with each other. And and, and it's, I kind of think it's, it's bringing people together in a, in a really in a really cool way. Absolutely. That's how Broski and I met, you know, we started
2: talking networking together and it turned into this. So, yeah. So, so that's, that's what you love. Uh, what's the, what's the one thing
0: that you truly dislike about where we are right now as a space?
1: Ah, uh, what do I dislike? Um, I think, uh, Hmm. What do I truly dislike? I, I, I think we aren't being, I don't think there's enough people being practical and realistic about what, what people are building i don't i think decentralization is overhyped in that the the ideal is great owning your own data owning your own money self-sovereignty i think the ideal is great i just don't think in the long run people will care too much you know lives are busy you know we've we've got kids you know my i I don't know what your day is like right but I, i i'm a single dad right so i get up at seven in the morning it's get breakfast ready get them kids ready get them to school then i work and i one or two days a week i'll get a call and they've forgotten something. So i have to go to the school and take a pe kit and then i pick them up at four and i've got to keep them entertained and make dinner and get homework done and then get them to bed like life is busy yeah engaging with these these decentralized applications at the moment is is quite complicated and it may stay that way um and I just think in the long run, like people want an easy life and decentralization doesn't always make life easy. Like sometimes it makes it a little bit harder, you know, be your own bank is, is very cool. It sounds very cool, but actually it's hard work and comes with a lot of risk. And most people are like, yeah, you know what? I don't mind my bank. I don't mind my money in the bank because it's kind of easy and if it gets stolen it gets put back and right. So I think, I think we're being a little bit un- unrealistic. And with that, We therefore have the problem that we a lot of money might be invested in products which ultimately fail because they can't gain traction. Sure. So that's one thing I don't like, and that's coupled with I think uh, that I I question token economics, crypto economics, and whether or not these projects are going to play out as people expect. I think there's a lot of uh, the game theory is right. But whether they will have the traction so that um, the tokens have value is will be interesting. And actually, I think a layer needs be, be, to be built above the tokens so that people aren't even exposed to the tokens. I don't think most people want to have uh, 25 different tokens and different wallets just to try and try and like use applications online. So I think would, the one thing I struggle with is I think we, we're not always uh, as a as a group being practical, and also sometimes critical thinking is. Can be shot down uh it's like i'm I, like i see things that seem like nonsense to me and I, I and i want to criticize them and then i fear being like just humiliated for it because yeah. it's there's almost layers within crypto you always got layers of experience of, like you've got the original people who came into bitcoin in 2009 like <laughs> who, who are all now running businesses by the way yeah um, and then you've got like this uh, second wave who came like two thousand ten to thirteen, and then you've got like the thirteen to like sixteen crowd who've got some VCs, and then you've got like the seventeen crowd. And sometimes, like if you if you have a critical thought, it's like, wow, you don't anything, you're a fucking idiot, or like, uh, you came in two thousand seventeen, you can't have an opinion. <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> you're like, oh, shit. And there's some really fucking smart people in this space. Like, I, have you ever looked at Peter Todd's Twitter? Yeah. Right, so look at his Twitter and then go and look at his uh, blog. I don't even know what he's writing about. <laughs> <laughs> let alone, like I read the title of a, like a blog post. I'm like, I don't even know what this is, let alone have I any chance to read it and have an opinion on it. So even in the spheres that I, I think I can challenge is sometimes I'm quite nervous of being shot down about yeah, it doesn't stop me, <laughs> but sometimes you feel a bit uh, Nervous, so, um yeah, there's a couple of
0: things well that's I think that's those are great, and you're right. The schools of thought everyone's so still so so fragmented. you have the the ripple community and strong feelings for and against and Bitcoin cash and for and against and uh, it's it's i I think until there is a level of maturity and everyone can come to the table and have a real conversation about what's beneficial about each project system, etc, and you know I'll bring that to the pot then. That's but good. the other yeah. thing
1: about new people coming in, it's like, you know, like you bought at $17,000, right? Mm-hmm. Fresh and new. But you come with a perspective that somebody who came in 2009 can't have. You you just do. There, there is an advantage to each time frame that people join the space. And they come with a different perspective. They come from a different angle. With Sometimes having less knowledge is important because... You come, you come at a new angle that something you can think about something that somebody joined in two thousand nine didn't, and that's sure. really the funny thing you mentioned Ripple. God, did you see the Coinbase announcement yesterday? Yes. Yeah, that was oh so my god. They announced Stellar. Oh fuck me, that got lost in the Naval thing. Yeah, oh my god, I, I almost think they did that on purpose. It's yeah, it
0: well, it, it cracks me it. up because with with Stellar getting listed, I think that that is. Uh, because I don't know for me just looking at that it is a big slap in the face considering everyone the hype has always been around Ripple being listed on Coinbase I think you know Ethereum Classic was kind of a no-brainer but Mm -hmm. this last hey we might list these that was just that was hilarious and the memes that followed were epic just Uh, the
2: I can't believe they released it like that too it's you know I mean
1: I think think the thing is I I think it's very different like they are a market (laughs) just just the rumor of coming on Coinbase will drive the price, right? The Absolutely. Such a microscope. It's been obvious that ZRX is g- going to come. I mean, I've been holding ZRX for ages. That's been pretty obvious. But even the rumor, so if they are, they can't just say it's coming because if they say it's coming, everyone's just going to go and fucking buy it, right? Market buy, yeah. Market buy the shit out of it, right? Um, so it's actually, it's quite a dangerous thing to them do. So saying, saying that we might, is preparing, but also adding the risking there. That like you know, like I haven't gone out and bought any of them just yet. Um, with right. the risk, I, I, I'm interested in Cardano. I gotta say that's the one of them I think mm, that's that's kind of interesting. So yeah, I thought that was a very interesting announcement. And I I gotta say, having had numerous debates with XRP armies, uh, <laughs> I thought <laughs> I, I thought announcing Della was the ultimate trolling by Coinbase. Absolutely. Well, and it's
0: I, it just really is indicative of market sentiment that they would made that announcement, and really the only pump was twenty five percent on uh, on BAT. I think Basic Attention Token only pumped twenty five percent, and before, I mean, Brad Garlinghouse would go on CNBC and Ripple would pump, you know, eighty yeah. percent in three hours. So the market, I mean, there's really just I I think they're everyone's kind of in a state of disbelief.
2: You know, no news. No news is really moving the Absolutely. Needle. I mean, when Bitcoin was at $10,000 and people were talking about it being a steal, now look where we are and people are scared to buy.
1: So, <laughs> yeah, we are still in a bear market. Like, who knows how long for? I think it's starting to flatten out. Um, I don't see us going to 3000 like some people think oh, it could do. Who knows? I just don't see it coming. But, uh, but yeah, we're in a bear market. So any 25% pump should be uh, sold into as, as soon as you can. Hey, listen. Anything under
0: 17k is a steal for me, so I'm I'm happy. (laughs) Um, So, uh, Peter, what's uh, what's your projections for the next decade in in crypto? Where where do you think we're going to be?
1: Oh, it's it's the kind of answer that might not age well. Um, (laughs) I I tell you something. I'd like to happen. Right? I would like to see. I I think Bitcoin in Venezuela is the most interesting thing that's happening in crypto right now. It is a use okay. case, right? Absolutely. It is. Uh, I don't know if you ever listened to my interview with uh, Alejandro Mercado. He's uh, like he's a journalist or um, um, Caracas Chronicles. He's a Venezuelan national guy, like, crypto dude, uh, lives out in America, and we mm-hmm. talked about that. Um, and whilst there are still niche cases, like the there are people in Venezuela who are immediately depositing. Any money they make into Bitcoin, they're doing dollars well, but they're doing it into Bitcoin, and there are people mining Bitcoin because power there, relative globally, is so cheap. So Bitcoin is gen- genuinely saving people there. The hyper Bitcoinization that some people talk about is—if it's going to happen anywhere, it happen in Venezuela. So that for that, to me, is the most interesting project out there. I'm very interested to see what happens. I'm uh, there's there's also to the side that there's a project to airdrop somehow bitcoin across uh venezuela get people to get wallets and just send them bitcoin hmm. there is a genuine possibility that bitcoin could become the or one of the major well it might you could argue already is but is a major currency within venezuela like in venezuela you're not exposed to the bear market if you if right. bought your, like crypto at seventeen thousand dollars in venezuela you are still up even down to six thousand you are still up in your local currency you can still buy more with bitcoin than you could at seventeen thousand, right sure Yep. that to me is just super interesting that is that is you know when people talk about ideals that is something that's happening so i'm interested to see that and if over the next 10 years that actually happens i think that's really cool outside of that i i mean my predictions are that i think stable coins are going to become really important a lot of people don't like them a lot of people criticize them. And I think fiat peg stable coins will be important because like people say, oh, without decentralization, what has crypto got? I mean, it's got a lot. It's got a network to push value around the world, okay, which is easier than with the banks. The the token can represent value. So right. if I want to send money to you guys and the, the banks, it's probably a few days. If I want to send you money uh, now, I can send it to you via crypto and like, during our conversation, you'll receive it. Sure. That isn't a fucking amazing innovation, right? It's just a fucking amazing innovation. So if I, um, so, I but I think a, a lot of the opportunity is missed because of the volatility. So if you're a, like a traditional venture dude and you're trying to like raise, I don't know, 30 million and you're raising Ethereum and then Ethereum crashes by 60%, like and you've got like just over 10 million, that's, that's no use to you. That's right. But if you could raise that, as a stable coin, and you could raise that fund globally from people with that stable coin, that kind of makes sense. So I, I do think we will see the rise of stable coins, pegged to fiat, but probably with attempts of governments to do the round which will be a complete failure. But I think we'll see a rise of stable coins. I see, I, I do see this tokenization of assets a thing. Another thing a lot of people don't like because it isn't what Bitcoin was about, but it just makes sense. So I think- I think we will. I think if you ask me what I honestly think will happen over the next ten years, I think we will see things represented as digital tokens a lot more, and we will see uh, easier ways of spreading and pushing value around the world. Bitcoin will still be here. A bunch of shit will die off. A bunch of new stuff will have arrived. Um, it's very hard to know, but it, but it, crypto isn't going away.
0: Thank God. Let's uh, keep it going. Yeah. So you know, I know we're going to, we're definitely excited to hear about some of the things that you've got coming up. Um, but one question we we want to ask everyone that comes on here, just to give some different perspective, uh, is we, we like to dig into to why people do what they do, you know, because we all come into this at different stages of life. And I know that uh, for Leo and I, in our discussions, everyone has different motives and motivations. And it, if you only are in the space looking for money, chances are you'll never find it. but if you can find something that you can really attach your your day-to-day activities to your your emotions to um i mean we know how that can guide success so we'd love to hear why
1: is it that that you do what you do peter oh cool very cool question um i guess it depends which bit you're talking about the thing i like making is content i like Doing interviews, i really do and it's kind of it's it's funny it it, it's like uh my life's come kind of full circle when i was um 15 i set up a a fanzine you know this is before the internet (laughs) there was like i remember when we first got shown the internet at school right um you got you 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 like um like my son and daughter don't know a world of no internet like they just this thing's always on right but there was a time there was no internet i, I had it in my conversation with my uh, last interview guy where i said you know when i was a kid and you used to go and meet a friend you had to be there because if you weren't there on time you had to go home with each other yeah <laughs> you other. Yeah. Yeah, in my day so um, so back then like everyone just read magazines right and i started up a music magazine fanzine and i started interviewing bands it was cool i interviewed some cool bands i interviewed uh uh, slayer pantera corn like some old school metal bands. wow nice and then i went to uni and like and i stopped it but it was cool and then like my career did whatever it did and i have kind of found myself coming back to what i enjoy doing which is i just like i like doing interviews i like meeting people and i like talking and and crypto has changed many people's lives and usually money's is um, intrinsic to that. So what what crypto did to me is give me the ability to not have to work for like a year <laughs> and be able to kind of find my way. And whilst I was it kind of started with a bit of trading and then like writing about my trading experience and doing my guides to then doing a podcast to interviewing people. And, and like, as you know, I'm about to start a new podcast. It's got nothing to do with crypto. But all of the, all of this happened because of Bitcoin and because of crypto. It's, it's what Bitcoin did, funnily enough. There you go. <laughs> yeah, what Bitcoin did. So, I I really like meeting people, and I like to find really interesting stories. So, if you like, I've done twenty five podcasts now. If I told you my favorites are, uh, I told you before we've started recording that my interview with Lynn Albrecht is without doubt my favorite interview because it's such a real personal story, like real yeah. lives have been affected. It personally touched me. I, I adore Lynn, um, I am, I'd love to meet Ross one day, and I, I empathize hugely with what they're going through as a family, but I also find really interesting both sides of the story. Sure. The fact that a, a crime essentially was committed, but it questions whether the laws are right. And I find that really interesting. My interview with Alejandro Mercado about Venezuela, you know, when I spent time researching uh, this, what the impact of socialist policies were in, in Venezuela and the successive failed governments, that for me was really interesting. The interview I did last week about AI, that was really interesting. I like finding stories. So, my, if you ask me, why do I do? As I, I think, I think we all as humans like being entertained, right? Sure. Yeah. In the end most of our money goes to entertainment whether it's we're watching sports or like we're hanging out with friends or we're buying a book we we just want to consume entertainment and like my tiny little uh rolling this is i like to provide uh and, and cover interviews and stories that people want want to listen to so i do what i do because and also because of that uh, like one of the things you'll find as you start doing your more and more interviews is that you have to learn you have to prep and you have to learn a load. like One week I could be um, interviewing, like I had it, I was interviewing Alejandro and I was like researching the socialist history of South America and excessive governments and what's happening with Bitcoin there. And then I'm off to meet Roger Vera, and I'm trying to learn the history of Bitcoin. And and then (laughs) AI, I'm trying to learn AI. And, and, you know, for my AI thing, I watched um, the entire, in four days, I watched every black mirror. So in doing this, I also get to learn a lot of new things myself um so i do it to learn myself but i do it because i like to find stories awesome so black mirror is about ai then
0: i saw that tweet that you put well, out i thought it
1: <laughs> No, no it's not directly about ai like but ai is one thing black mirror is about what what technology could do what different ways life might exist around technology and it creates it in a way each if you've not seen it you need to watch the first series, and I guarantee you within a week you'll have done the whole thing because <laughs> what what is so clever about it is like I'll give you one example. There's one episode where you've got your phone and after every interaction, you rate somebody. So I would like give you like something like five, you know, but your score, your average score, impacts what you can do in life. So whether you can like if you're under two and a half, you can't get into off into work. They don't want you in the company anymore. Like, so you have to ensure that you have positive interactions all the time, and this this central character has like a four point two, and a series of things happen where she like gets irate and her rating starts going down, and then uh, that impacts the things she can do. And as crazy as that sounds, like you're watching it and you're thinking, but you can see how that could happen. Sure. Like, Absolutely. Close enough to the edge where you're like, "Fuck, that could happen." So it's it's like super interesting. So.
0: I'd love to get into uh, you know some of the resources that you have available for for newer people in the space. Uh, you know, obviously, that's the purpose of this podcast is we want to we want to you know shed some light on what can otherwise be pretty uh, pretty hard to figure out when you're brand new. Um, so I know you've got a guide on on your website whatbitcoindid.com. dot uh, com. Could you talk a little bit about that and what your your goals are?
1: So the in terms of like trading and investing and understanding crypto the content i've always tried to provide has always been designed for the absolute new person like the total i don't like the word new but i like like that somebody who's day one thinks i'm interested in crypto i don't know where the fuck to start because there is a lot of content out there once you know what you're doing like once you've got you know once you're like a month two months in it's almost like that first month that's why I've always put myself because it is a scary and sometimes unwelcoming space. There is lots of cool welcoming content. Don't, don't get me wrong, but it can be quite a scary space. So everything I've tried to do is to take you from like, is the give you like, like you're the first leg on the hunt like the relay. Right, right. You don't know anything. Hopefully once you've read some of my content, um, you, you'll know enough to then go out and venture out into some more advanced things like uh, lock uh, jameson lock here's locked up net it's like full of excellent resources but it's it can be intimidating sure so, so everything i try and do is is for that part of the journey awesome
0: that's and awesome uh, yeah i know leo did you and you've you've enjoyed the videos do you want to make some comments there
2: Um, No, I was just going to ask. So would you say it it would be like setting up your accounts, things like that? Like to start, would it be introductory to setting up your accounts, getting your Coinbase,
1: things like that? Yeah. And even before that, it's like, what is crypto? Sure. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And all all that information exists out there. Like it's all out there if you find it, but it's all disparate. It's so hard. Yeah. Being a newcomer,
2: definitely you, you don't, it's very discouraging because you have to look at all different places. And if you could have one location, like you having your introductory videos, you get to learn everything you need to from an introductory standpoint, all in one space. I think that's very important. And I appreciate you doing that because it's, it's very much needed
1: in the space. Yeah, I, I, that, that's what it was. It's like I found all the information eventually, but in like disparate resources. And I just thought, just wouldn't it be cool if you can just go here and like within like a couple of weeks go, right, I know enough now to go to the next level. I, you, there's no gaps in my knowledge. I know, I know what a blockchain is. I know why it's important. I know why they're used. I know about the various coins and tokens. I know about the risks. If I want to buy some, I know where to buy it and, and understand security. You, you know, you've almost got that like, like um, like if it was a kid, you've taken them from like when they first get in the swimming pool, they can now swim a length, right? And know everything can come together, right? Now you wanna go more advanced, there's, there's far better people out there than me who can do that. Um, and it's only because also like, um, I think like my brain probably is more like, a, I'm more of a creative than a, an intellect. There's so many fucking smart people out there that I've got to <laughs> argue with and I'm thinking, what am I doing? Like, I am getting savaged here. Um, so but what i can do at the same time is also as somebody who has struggled like struggles to understand some of the technical things it takes me a bit longer i therefore can write from that angle like i can write from the angle of somebody who doesn't that's know a sure.
2: great point that's a great point and the space is so
1: big there's room for both parties yeah and so, we should invite everyone like everyone should be invited absolutely like, it's like this- bitcoin maximalism thing like there's this meme where you start like with bitcoin and then you go out to all kinds and then like tokens and then you eventually come back and realize bitcoin maximization and i'm kind of becoming more of a bitcoin i would say a bitcoin <laughs> like i'm starting to understand why like bitcoin is so fucking important like it's yeah. so important compared to everything else but i'm not a maximalist I'm not a maximalist at all but i think one of the criticisms of I have of Bitcoin maximalism is that the angle almost shames you into it. Like a lot of people will shame you and insult you into why Bitcoin is the one and there's like this intellectual superiority around it. And actually, I don't think that's healthy. I think it would be a lot better if if people held hands and kind of like advise and let people find their way and help them understand that because because there's usually there's never one right answer. It's just like somewhere in the middle. Yeah, definitely. So, Peter, talk
0: a little bit about uh, what else you've got coming up. I know there's some some things you're working on, and uh, yeah,
1: let us know. All right, cool. So, like, I'm working on another podcast. Um, so, as I said to you, like, my most the interviews I've like doing most are the ones that are the least crypto. They're more about actual human stories. I've just I just thoroughly like thoroughly enjoyed uh, planning them, recording them, distributing them, and and like there's like a uh, they just feel more important. Like the Lynn Ulbricht feels like a very important part of my like, um, uh, podcast series. And, and, you know, when recently, uh, Ross got denied, um, a review by the Supreme court. Yeah. I put the podcast out again and it felt like this is really, really important. Like this is really fucking important to people. So I'm, I'm going to and start, I'm not stopping what Bitcoin did, but alongside that, I'm doing a new podcast series. I'm yet to come up with a name. Um, I was going to call it The Outliers, but I still even think that is too... I just want to, like, if I see a story, like, and I think it's interesting, that person's interesting, then I'm going to record. And, like, one, like, I've got one guy lined up. who was uh, imprisoned in Colombia, um, and from within the prison, he started a WhatsApp competitor, which is really fucking interesting story. Crazy. And, but I also want to interview my tattooist. Like, I'm, like, the guy who does my tattoos, I want to interview him and talk to him about, like, what is it like knowing that you create like a piece of art on somebody's body that has a last for a, as long as they're alive. Like, and I, I want to talk to him. I want to talk to uh, people who kind of report news around the world or, or uh, athletes who've been through anything kind of difficult. Like uh, like I just want to just find really interesting stories. So that's going to be coming out in the next couple of weeks. I'll have a name for it. Um, I'll let you guys know. Uh, I want to get three or four recorded for like for the launch so that's one thing. And then I'm kind of working on this project called Open Paper, which I'm not like, I, I can't guarantee I can make it work. But um, one of the things where I find missing in the crypto investment is the due diligence layer. Is you know, I've been scammed. Other people have been scammed. Or, sure. There's two levels of due diligence. There is the binary. Are they who they say they are and is what they say true? And then there's the due diligence on the project where, is this a good idea or is this total bullshit? So, can I trust my money with these people? And I like, can, I trust my money with the idea. So I'm working on that, but it's not an idea I can build. I can self finance. So I'm working on funding for that. If I can find funding for that project, I'm probably going to look, see if I can do it. I have obviously got to see if I can do both. I'm also um, looking at the potential of recording two documentaries at the moment, which I sadly can't say what they're about, but sure. they are stories. Um, I'm working with a, a director uh, who's approached me. And so we're, we're knocking a couple of ideas about, they're kind of crypto based, but not entirely. Um, and that will be really interesting. Um, so we're going to do a test because I, I don't know if, uh, like, I, I, it's funny, when you edit your podcast, when you listen back, do you hate your voice?
2: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It's, funny, it's funny you mentioned that. When I listened for the first time, I listened through it three times and I was like, I didn't, I listened to a couple of voicemails of myself. But other than that, that was the first time probably in my whole life that I heard myself talk. So
1: it's horrible, right? Like, <laughs> you're like, you're listening to the voice and like, do I sound like that? Like, how have I got any friends? I sound like a dick, <laughs> like, I, like I still, to this day, hate listening back to my voice. Um, I just, I just, I do. And I'm sometimes I'm like, why do people listen to my podcast? Cause I sound like a dick. But The next step is if I go if I'm going to do a documentary and potentially be on screen, I've got to be realistic about do I work on screen? I I might not. I might be just shit at it. I might or I might not come across well. So we're going to like do a small test, and if that works okay, then we're going to look into filming a couple of documentaries. So yeah, I'm most likely spending my space making content. That's 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 awesome.
0: That's That's great. It's going to be really exciting. Yeah the the space. I mean, we need it. We need people like yourself to step out and, and provide this kind of stuff because right now, um, I mean, especially what's available to the majority of people in, in the States, you've got a couple of really cheesy Netflix documentaries. Um, and then that's, that's basically it, you know, unless you're, you're have looking you watched, for,
1: have you watched the banking on Bitcoin documentary?
0: I have. Yeah.
1: Did you not like
0: it? it it's okay. It's okay. It's just, it's outdated. It's the, it's definitely everything, outdated. Moves, I agree. everything moves so fast that there has to be constant content. And I come from a television background where we focus on educational documentaries. Um, so it's, you know, we're, we're constantly when, when a new trend hits, that's the first thing that we're looking at. So as I was watching that documentary, the content was, I mean, it's what really got me into the space. Wow. But as I, as I got more involved, I realized that there needs to be a wave of fresh content to build on it.
2: Right. All, all like the time. time, too. Yeah. To get it all the time, consistent news updates, things like that are important. So,
1: yeah, I love that documentary. And it's like when anybody wants to get into like Bitcoin, I'm like, like, firstly, go and watch that. It'll hook you. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, I think it tells you like a very interesting. At least I watched it on a plane, actually. Uh, a really <laughs> interesting, like, gives you an interesting perspective to what happened early on. Yeah. It's so, definitely uh, evolution. Where we all were buying Bitcoin at a dollar.
0: <laughs> if only. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> well, you know, Peter, it's been it's been a pleasure having you on. Um, if you if you want, I'd love for you to, if you could just tell everyone where they can where they can find you on the interwebs.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm like everywhere. I'm at what Bitcoin Did. Um, so um, my website is whatbitcoindid.com. My Twitter is at whatbitcoindid. My media, my Instagram, they're all the same. Uh, if you search for at what Bitcoin Did, you'll find me. If I can help anyone in any way, please do reach out to me. Um, I won't promote your, your ICO, um, uh, <laughs> you know, if anyone wants to do a podcast, they want to launch a website, they, you know, they want to do a blog, uh, they want to get into any kind of content writing. I'm more than willing to just like share my knowledge and help out in any way I can. That's Feel free awesome. to YouTube, And, uh, I, I still pretty much reply to anyone. There'll come a day when I can't, but I, I still can. And, and look, guys, I wish you all the best luck with this. Um, when it's ready, uh, send it over to me and I'll uh, share it out. And, and uh, yeah, good luck to you guys. It's uh, Yeah, thank
2: you very much. Thank you. We really appreciate having you. It's been a blast talking to you. It's okay.
0: been awesome getting to know you. We look forward to, to meeting in person someday. When you do come to, to Miami, let
1: me know. Drinks are on me. I think, do you know, what? I think Miami and Florida is slightly more likely than Michigan. <laughs> yeah, let Yeah. <go. laughs> Hey, the Great Lakes in the
2: summer. There's nothing like it, but I agree. I'm in, I'm in for Miami. Let's go. Right, yeah, but like,
1: I've, got, I've got two kids, and like if I say, do you want to go to Florida or Michigan? I know they, they, they'll go Florida. Come on, or- guys.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my
0: gosh. Well, thanks so much, Peter. I'm going to go ahead and sign us off here, but it's been an absolute pleasure, really. Thank you for everything you've shared. We really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. thanks again.